0: Bucks in the basement, my name is Chris, his name is Craig, I've got the sniffles, and um, my bar glass, for those of you that are uh, are watching uh, on the YouTube, that's Bobber's Bar, by the way, which is a really cool bar up at uh, uh, Lake Winnebagash, I believe, in Minnesota, one of the many lakes, and of course I have a pint glass from them, but it's filled with OJ today. Because these are the only glasses I have. As a man who is uh, in the process of a very long, ridiculous divorce that makes no sense to me, because it seems very simple, uh, and raising three children over here, um, I I don't I don't keep glassware like normal glassware anymore. I just use bar glasses. <laughs> but I put my OJ in that. Uh, so uh, listen, uh, we're going to talk a little bit right off the bat here about Yasmani Grandal being added to the Pirates. And we don't get into it that much here on the show, but I want to qualify my statement so that people who know, you know, who, who listen to this, understand where I'm coming from. When I talk about the brand new catcher for the pirates, there are two baseball shows on the broadcast basement on demand radio network. You have bucks in the basement. Craig here loves the pirates, right? Okay. <laughs> I lived out there for a while doing morning radio and at really in wheeling, West Virginia, you could hear us in Pittsburgh, but I don't think anybody was paying any attention. Right. And and you know, they've always been a team that I've cared about. And then the other baseball show that we have is Socks in the Basement, which you listen to about the Chicago White Sox, and you're like, Chris, can we do one of these for the Pirates too? And I was like, I would love to do one with the Pirates. So <laughs> those are the two shows. And so as somebody who's on both shows, I know a lot about Yasmani Grandal. And when I saw that the Pirates signed Yasmani Grandal, I shook my head and said, Why? Like, I have enjoyed watching Ben Jerrington fix this team. I have enjoyed seeing some of the moves that he's making. I've enjoyed the depth that he's put into his minor league system. I've, I've enjoyed the way that he's very good at, at pro talent evaluation, or at least the guys he's listening to, where they find these diamonds in the rough and they discover them and they become contributors on his team. I, I have enjoyed an awful lot of what's been done there. I don't like this move. And I don't like the moves for, move for Yasmani Grandal because what you did is you went out and got a guy that other teams saw no need to keep on their roster. The Dodgers were not, they did not miss him when he went away. The Brewers were not in a big hurry to bring him back. The White Sox signed him to a big giant deal for four years and didn't get what they thought they were going to get out of the guy. And towards the end, he was holding press conferences trying to dodge questions about why he slapped Tim Anderson across the face. When reportedly, at least in the in the very heavy rumor mill coming out of a very fractured clubhouse that he was a part of, he was clearly somebody covering that team that was that was a prominent figure in one of the camps of a many camp clubhouse. And you don't want guys like that because that's a divided clubhouse that went into the toilet in Chicago. And supposedly Anderson like questioned why he wanted to leave early for his for his break. And again, this is all rumor that comes out, right? I mean, I just want everybody to understand that, and that Yasmani took offense to being questioned, his heart being questioned, and slapped Tim Anderson. Now, everybody loves hitting Tim Anderson. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, <laughs> Ramirez beat the crap out of him at second base last year for the Guardians, and and with that great call, down goes Anderson, down goes Anderson. I mean, even people in Chicago found that funny. Okay, but but like. Yasmani Grandal's not like I wouldn't say if somebody said, Do you think this guy's a good clubhouse guy, I'd be like, there's too much smoke around him. I don't think so. Do you think he's good working with younger pitchers? Well, they have very young pitchers over there in Chicago. Here's a guy that's been there for the last four years. And they weren't interested in any way of bringing him back. And that's a very affordable contract. Instead, they went outside the organization for, for Maldonado and Stasi. Two guys, and that's not, those aren't rebuild catchers, right? Like don't sit there and say, oh, well, the Sox are rebuilding. They went out and got a lot of veteran core guys to fix the culture inside of the clubhouse. And Yasmani Grandal is one of the culture issues moved out of the clubhouse. And now he's on the pirates. And so here you have this rebuilding team. And I don't think the guy has a reputation for being great with young pitchers. And I don't think the guy has a reputation for being like a glue guy in your clubhouse. And I don't think the guy has a a reputation for being a hitter like he used to be a couple of years ago. He's going to hit around 200, if you're lucky, because there's been times over the last four years for the White Sox, he was hitting below it. And when he hits from the right side, because he likes to think of himself as a switch hitter, he's very ineffective. And he's going to go on a run at some point where he hits a bunch of bombs, and then he's going to go on a run where he doesn't do anything for a month and a half, and you're going to hate him. And the one thing you could say about him positively is he gets on base. He somehow draws a ridiculous amount of walks. He is the, uh, the Billy Bean guy, you know, the, the saber metric like he's going to get <laughs> on base guy. That's what he is. But he, his numbers have dropped so poorly over the last couple of years. You've seen his F war and his B war slowly but surely drop off to I think he was a negative last year in those categories. He was a detriment to the team that he was on. And so I get that you have some issues at catching and you might want to bring in a veteran. I'm surprised he's the choice. Because this is a guy that I I don't know what they're looking at, but if I were building a team after watching four years of Yasmani Grandal on the south side of Chicago, I would not be going out and getting Yasmani Grandal. That would just not be me. Okay. And trust me, like, we could even, if he was on the show, I'd say it to him. It would be hard for him to respond back, though, because trust me, the first time you hear a Yasmani Grandal interview, you are going to be like, it is the most monotone, <laughs> doesn't give a lot of answers. Kind of dodges questions type of interview. This is not, this is not a personality in any way whatsoever. If he could hit a baseball and avoid slapping guys in the clubhouse, then I think we'd be okay. But I don't know, I don't know about the hitting a baseball thing for sure. <laughs> Was that enough for you to kick off the show? Guess. Because I'm sorry, I saw Yasmani Grandel and it's maybe the first signing in the history of Bucks in the Basement that I sat there and said, what are you doing? Like I just don't I don't see what he brings to what the pirates are trying to do. You
1: know, yeah, there's and, a reason why he's available a good defensive catcher. Anymore. No, you know he was I mean?
0: a, like, he was supposed to be a good framer. He was supposed to be a guy that good, did good. That fell off. He was supposed to be good defensively. That fell off. Right. The, everything that he was, he was four years ago when he signed a monster contract is gone. And there's a reason why as pitchers and catchers report all across the league this, this week, he was available. And, and, and I'm telling you, if you really needed him, you could have waited a week and maybe gotten him on a minor league deal. I I just, like, to me, I guess you needed a body and you wanted somebody who was a veteran. But I also don't think he comes with the reputation of, well, at least we've got a veteran presence that everybody in the clubhouse is going to love. Because that wasn't the impression you got of him when you heard about the stuff going on in Chicago. Now, trust me, it could be, could be that Tim Anderson's a giant jerk, Right could be that the other people who are reporting on the problems inside of that clubhouse are all jerks as well. He could be a great guy. But I, I mean, when you're a team at this nexus of your build, I wouldn't bring anybody in with any questions about him with a bunch of young players. Like if there was any question, even if it's wrong, even if it's just a bunch of BS and he's a great dude. Any question, I just pick one of the many other catchers that I could bring in. I wouldn't bring in anybody who could possibly get in the way of what you're building on a team that's coming out of a rebuild, getting ready to compete who, who can't provide the offensive numbers to do it. And isn't a star defensively.
1: Yeah. Like I said, it was negative 11 defensive run saved last yeah. year, negative five the year before. Um, I, I told you before this, we hopped on, I got a uh, a text message from my, my brother-in-law, who is also a huge White Sox fan, and he just basically said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I and,
0: mean, I'm seriously. Like,
1: and, and I said it was my fault, Chris, because, I mean, I've been asking for a veteran catcher. I do think they did need a veteran catcher. The main reason behind needing a veteran catcher, a lot of people are saying it's if Henry Davis you know, fails... And you need to fill those innings. In my eyes, it was, it's not even about Henry Davis failing. I looked at the number of innings caught by, by young catchers. And I, I took a catcher that everybody's is probably like, he's the best young catcher and man of being the best catcher in major league baseball at some point in time. And that's Adley Rushman. Adley Rushman in 2021 caught 86 innings. The next year in 2022, he caught right around, I think it was 106. I mean, not 100, not not 86 innings, 86 games. Then he caught um, 106 games, and even this last year, he caught 110 games while DHing 45 times. If you're asking, say Henry Davis, I know I I put out the thing there of like 80 games, and 80 games was like the height of what I thought he could catch he has caught in 80 games over the past three seasons. Not only you need him to hit, but we've seen younger catchers like their legs get tired because they're not used to catching, you know, that amount and that amount of time. So for me, it wasn't even about, you know, Oh, if Henry Davis is bad. I mean, I, I don't know if he is or not. He's been working a ton, you know, during this off season, There's always been questions about his defense, but also if you are saying, you know, part of this season and part of, you know, Henry Davis moving forward is his bat being more important, you know, than his defense. Well, if his legs are tired because he's catching more games than he's caught, you know, over the past three seasons, then that to me would be more of a concern. I definitely did want a veteran catcher, I also looked at, like, other players that were out there. But here's
0: the thing. Here's the thing. I would have taken Mike Zanino right now, another veteran catcher that's out there today, who's got about the—I mean, he's he's also a negative, negative war over the last year or so, but close to a zero, close to replacement level, right? Like, basically comparing him side by side the same guy. But there's no smoke around him for issues. Right or wrong, there's no smoke around it for issues. I don't have anything about a story where he he slapped the 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 team leader in a lot of ways in terms of where the marketing department put Tim Anderson. Like this is a guy who was out front of everything with the White Sox last year in marketing, and gave him a crack, and then gave a really weird interview to the local press. Where after you're done with it, you're like, I don't know, I think he actually did it, but he just doesn't want to say he did. Like that's how you felt. Your gut feeling was. Like, I would just pick somebody else. You know, at this stage in the game, I would, just, I would just go with somebody else besides this. It almost feels like like the the Pirates felt like they were going to get Gary Sanchez. And then Sanchez signs for a $7 million deal with Milwaukee. And when they looked at what was left at the catcher thing, they didn't have much left. They just waited too long to fill catcher. And they ended up with the Osmone Grandau. Yeah, know? and... And, and hopefully part, it works out for him because really if he's a problem this year, I don't think anybody in baseball takes him next year. So he has to perform, right? So maybe he's on his best behavior. He goes out, he says all the right things. He does the right things, right? And he, and he, and he does just enough to continue his baseball career elsewhere. I just don't see him in, like, it, it, that. that's the thing. You basically got what was left here and you brought it in to be your, to, to be somebody who grabs innings. And by the way, not a guy who gets a lot of innings behind the plate over the last couple of years. He was getting used as a DH at times. He would grab his first base glove from time to time. He would get he would get worn out. His knees would be bothering him. He's got a whole season there, I think, in his four-year uh, thing that he had with the White Sox, in which he basically blamed the bad season on injury, but then came back out and wasn't effective again the next year after that. Like, I mean, there's you you're not getting somebody who's gonna sit there and eat up a ton of innings and a ton of games behind the plate in him either. Okay. He could very easily in June be a guy that's on your IL.
1: Yeah. And I, I looked through his injury history because I was looking through the injury history of, you know, the, the catchers that were left. I mean, what is it? Kirk Casale is somebody that everybody mentioned. Kurt Casale didn't even finish the season last year. Like he was on the injured list from like July on, I looked at even Mike Zanino, Mike Zanino only had, he had less than 200 plate appearances last year. And then the year before he was shut down because of injury and Yasmani Grandal is, is kind of the same. It's like, Starting in, it was like May. Uh, he had a back injury. Uh, no, it was April. Had a back injury. May had a hamstring. Later in May, undisclosed. June, knee. August, knee. So it's like not any of these guys that are, you know, going to be stalwarts behind the plate.
0: He's I had mean, a I knee. Just, he's had a knee thing for a while too. Yeah. Like he's not going. He's not going to get through your your season without without a couple IL stents stents and 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 once his knee starts to bother him it affects him at the plate i mean you can take a look at what he is so like that's the thing like pirates fans get frustrated with very good defensive catchers that can't hit you just got a bad defensive catcher who can't hit okay i just want you to know what you got don't get don't start doing backflips over this one and and what you really need as a pirates fan here is for henry davis to work out a catcher <laughs> you, need, yeah. you need something other than relying on, you want it to be like Yasmati's clearly the backup and it is what it is because so-and-so grabbed the job, right? You need Henry Davis to just grab the job. You you need something other than a bunch of Yasmani Grandel because it is going to hamper you if you real are, really are planning on making it to the postseason this year. I don't see him as a positive.
1: Yeah, and maybe the big is you know what? We're going to take some innings off of Henry in the beginning of the season, and if if Yasmani wears down, then it's only two point five million dollars. I mean, it's not like that they haven't. I don't know. Last year with Miguel Andujar, it was like one million dollars or somewhere around there, and he was down the minors for most the entire season. You know They put almost $4 million into G-Man Choi and, and ended up trading him away and getting some of that back, but he didn't play for them for a lot. So that's the other p- piece of this. Well, here's like- the
0: question for you. Let me ask you this, okay? Um, are, are you concerned about the Pirates' spending habits? Because if you take a $2.5 million guy that may not make it through the year and you throw another guy that was about $2 million over here and another guy over here, and you spend $7 million on a bunch of what-ifs that have a less of a chance of doing well, rather than just give Gary Sanchez... The $7 million that the the Brewers were offering him. Like, are you disappointed that they weren't able to outbid the Brewers for Gary Sanchez's services this year?
1: Especially, I, if, I, don't, I don't even see the fit for the Brewers. That's the crazy part. Right. Is, I mean, I, the Brewers now have four catchers. They have like two defensive catchers. They have one that's getting better on, you know, on defense and an offensive catcher. And then you add. Gary Sanchez and an, another offensive catcher. Right. I Gary just,
0: just I, took Gary took the money because that was the better money. If you, you equal, equal money, he probably goes to the pirates because he gets a better opportunity.
1: I mean, you would think so. And, and that does, it definitely does frustrate me. I, I, I can't say that it doesn't. I mean, it, it absolutely has. I, and every single time it feels like we're getting outbid on guys where sometimes it's like, well, yeah, I wouldn't pay that. But for, for Gary Sanchez, if if you want to give him $7 million, the bad part of that is, is the precedence for the pirates. And maybe that's even a bigger issue is if, if you pay Gary Sanchez, $7 million, then more than likely he's going to be your starter. If you pay Yasmani Grandal $2.5 million, then that's something that's okay to pay a backup. I don't know. Cause they, yeah, gave... but, I, but I
0: hate that idea. Right. I mean, yeah. I think that oh, that's no, a that's stupid it. way to look at things like, you know, you, you, Look at, look at Blake Snell who's out there right now. The perfect example, Blake Snell. Okay, Here's a guy who every year when he was in Tampa Bay, they would reduce his salary by ten percent because they were allowed to. They didn't yeah. say that he was the fifth starter because of that. They took advantage of the system that was there and they paid him less money. They didn't not sign guys that were worth more money and then put that guy higher in the rotation or give him a spot. So like I hate when like I think I think we as people that don't have billions of dollars, and don't deal with budgets in the hundreds of millions. I think we look at it as, well, the guy who makes the most amount of money should be the guy that plays because otherwise we've made a bad deal. But I think if you look at it realistically, if you need a backup catcher and the cost of a backup catcher is $7 million and you just happen to have a guy who's the starter but you have him under enough control that they don't make that much money, it shouldn't bother you that much. You should just play the better guy. And if yeah, your front office thinks that all. way, your front office should be fired immediately.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's like the case, but it, it just kind of seems to be a, a pattern that, you know, if a guy is, is paid, then no matter how he performs, he's, he's going to stay in that position. And maybe that's also just because we've had a, a decent amount of young guys who maybe weren't ready and, and haven't been able to perform. And, you know, Gary Sanchez would have been the st- the starter or, you know, viewed as the starter, just because, you know, Henry Davis wasn't completely ready. Um, Like you said, Chris, this could end up, this could end up working out. Chances are that doesn't look like it's going in that direction because I mean, the guy has kind of fallen off a cliff after 2021. Um, Hasn't been good defensively for a couple, a few years now. I can't find a plus. And it doesn't really seem like, and like I said, I think the only thing is, is that maybe we can, you know, wear out his legs early while letting Henry get adjusted, and instead of having, you know, Henry catch an, an absorbent amount through the first half of the year, and then, you know, kind of be worn down for the second half of the year, you can, you know, run it in the opposite direction, which is kind of let him build himself up. I mean, the other piece of that is, is that if Henry's hitting, you're going to be wanting him to be in, I mean, I'd say at minimum, 110, 120 games. So then you're looking for him to to fill in at other spots, more than likely going to be DH. Uh, that's that. the only benefit of having a veteran catcher is to allow Henry Davis to be eased into the job instead of, you know putting the bulk of the work on him when we've seen that that's not the case for many young catchers throughout, you know, major league baseball. And I know that somebody will come on and say, well, you know, back in my day, the guy would catch, you know, double headers and catch, you know, all a hundred and at that point in time, probably 154 <coughs> games it wouldn't be a big deal whatsoever, but th- that's just not major league baseball and how it exists today. And I don't know, so that that's where it kind of comes in that they they needed somebody. I think they went for for Sanchez. I believe they missed, and they took a cheaper option after that. And they
0: took a body. I just don't want anybody body. getting excited about the body that got brought in. And I hope that yeah. Ben Charrington, at the first sign of any kind of issues, removes it from the clubhouse. Hopefully, it's all a big misunderstanding, and he's not he's not a problem. I just don't like bringing in guys that have stuff surrounding them inside of a clubhouse, okay? No, when when there were other you. options, when there were other options and he doesn't bring, like if I, if it was like, well, you know, we had these things happen in Chicago, but, you know, the guy hits uh, 260 with 30 home runs. All right. and right, we're going we're gonna to give him a shot, right? Like, he, oh, he's just, he's got this stellar reputation with young pitchers. Okay, all right, well, may, maybe he just had a bad experience with a guy who, again, you know, had a fist fight with Jose Ramirez and got knocked out. I mean maybe maybe that's the case. I don't know. But the thing is is that if he has nothing that he brings that I sit there and say he's really good at this. He brings this that the Pirates badly need. So we'll put up with the uncertainty. He doesn't have that. So I'm like why bring in the uncertainty? That's the thing that I have an issue with. Why bring in the uncertainty when he doesn't bring something that I sit there and say oh well we got to have this. We need more of this and Yasmani Grandal brings it. Unless it's walks, he loves the walk, the big walker. <laughs> big and that's what.
1: And 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 here's the thing: is that's something that Andy Haynes kind of looks at. Is they look for players that are patient at the plate. I mean, it was one of the reasons they brought in, you know, Daniel Vogelback. It's something they've done to Jack Swinski's game even more. It's no, you know,
0: that's what Yaz does. He gets on base. Okay, it's the last so, thing that he has.
1: So there, there is the one positive, but it, it probably is outweighed by, you know, all of the other potential negatives. And it kind of seems that, like, the Pirates at this point in time in the offseason, anybody that they're linked to, and, and especially with this signing, there's definitely going to be in my eyes, a lot more question marks, a lot more negatives than there are positives.
0: Oh, and by the uh, way, by the way, he also goes station to station, can't run. And if he tries to go home on a, on a ball out into the outfield, he's going to get gunned down going second to home.
1: ever see me out and about in pittsburgh you will always recognize me and not just because of the white beard but also because of the why that is always on top of my head the hat i always wear the Yins brand proud partners with bucks in the basement three dynasties one brand yinz finally one brand to rep all black and gold follow at shop Yins for new merch drops and giveaways order online at WW Shop Yin's, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold. Made for Yin's by a Yinzer. So this is a this is a very positive Bucks. I, I got nothing it's, it's, for him. It's usually like it's usually like Hope Springs Eternal. No. Like it's pictures no. of Catherine reporting. And Chris is just like, I got the sniffles and I hate Yasmani. He, he runs and
0: like he's got a piano strapped to his back. Okay. And there's another piano on top of it. Like, I mean <laughs> there's no I can't find anything. I can't find anything about it. I really can't. So I don't Chris, get it. just
1: to I just, so now, you know, I'm just going to ask you a question here. So there's, the Pirates have been linked to to three different pitchers within okay. the last week.
0: Ooh, tell me, tell me.
1: And I, and I want you to kind of decide or just talk through this with me as to which one you would bring in. The first one is Noah Syndergaard. Okay. The second one is Domingo Harmon. Okay. And then the third one is Michael Lorenzen.
0: Well, I would bring in, well, okay. Well, first of all, I'm not looking at their stats right now. Okay. Because I didn't know you were going to bring up these three guys. So I'm not prepped for it. Um, <laughs> my, my belief is that Michael Lorenzen is the best of those three pitchers, just based off of what he's been able to do over the last season. Um, although I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Michael Lorenzen's whips a little bit higher than what I normally like. But I, I, what I'm looking for, I think, for the Pirates to go get is a guy that's going to sit in the middle of their rotation and eat innings because they need that. So if I had to pick one that I wanted, I would go with him. There's a little upside with Syndergaard if you think you could unlock something with him. It's not that he wasn't a talent. He just hasn't been able to put it together in the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would rank both of them ahead of German. Like, I, yeah. I, I would do that.
1: And, and the biggest thing for me was, is that, I mean, Lorenzen, when he was in Detroit, you know, for the first, you know, 105 innings, because this is, you know, only the second year that he was used as a starter. I mean, they probably, you know, out in uh, Los Angeles, the Angels, they they turned him into a starter. It's, it's like this new trend of guys that, you know, were relievers and don't have a lot of innings on their arms and stretching them out and doing different stuff. I and mean, we've seen that a lot. You know, over these past few years, he only got up to, like, 97.2 innings because he hadn't thrown that much in previous years. Was able to get up to 153 last year. The first 105 were were very good with Detroit. And a lot of this stuff just showed that I think that he would kind of, even though he threw his his no-hitter uh, in Philadelphia, that he was kind of wearing down towards the end of the season. And that, because... and that would
0: be the sign why he'd be the guy on the top of the list, right? Yeah. Like that would, I mean, and he is. He's on the top— he'd be on the top of my list of those three guys. He's going to be the most expensive of the, of the three. I put Syndergaard second. But yeah, yeah. like I, I think, Loren, I mean, like, if they can get Lorenzen, you get a guy that you know is going to be in the middle of your rotation that could top out at the top end of your rotation if he really is. If it's, like, the, look for the positives in pitchers, right? What you said is key. What I hear is, here's a guy who never did a lot of starts and never pitched a lot of innings who went out and was really, really good for like 110 innings where he was over what he had done the year before and then started to fall off because he was trying to do something he had never done before. Like that that speaks to me as he can only get better the arrows pointing up. Like Syndergaard's more of a guy of, here's a guy who had a lot of potential, who's been up and down and issues and... Yeah, sure, maybe he recovers it at some point, but he is more of a wild card. Lorenzen feels like the guy that I'd be more sure of, and that I'd be I'd be willing to invest more money in him because he'll cost more. Okay, to go get him secured. Because if it does work out for you, he could be what he was for those first 110 games for 150 this year and be your number two starter. Legit. You know? And 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 that would be and that's gonna be that's really gonna bump everybody else down in your rotation. Plus, if Skeens comes along, I mean, all of a sudden, you could be a force. There's there's a potential for it being a great late in the offseason, early spring training deal to bring him in. And there's far more upside and far more hope with him, but there's going to be a little bit more of a cost to him. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody said all guys being equal, him, right away, boom, hand down, on the buzzer, I'm in.
1: Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing right now is, is I mean, there's just so many... There's so many uh, arms out there. There actually is. I mean, not all of them are great. He would definitely be the most expensive, you know, of those arms. The only bad part is, is that anytime the Pirates have been linked to anybody, it's either they, you know, don't get mentioned towards the end of that. They, you know, possibly get outbid for those players. It kind of seems that in Ben Charrington's, you know, modus operandi is that he he keeps everything you know close to the vest and does not you know leak any of this stuff because hadn't heard anything about Grandall I mean obviously they were looking for a catcher he had talked about a catcher but that kind of comes up in the second quarter I believe of the Super Bowl and then by halftime it's yep they're signing him I mean Martin Perez was like the the longest rumor mill and that was for maybe half a day but prior to that there there had been no smoke in that so uh, chances are that, you know, Ben Sherrington is probably not going to sign any of these guys. because No, he's they, looking at somebody
0: else. Like Mike Clevenger will come walking in the door, and you'll be like, huh? Where would it come from?
1: Yeah. Right? Like, it'll and, be something the, like that. And the only reason it would, you know, it wouldn't surprise me as much is because I think we've talked about it, and I've heard other people talk about it, but it's not like there's been any type of rumors. It's just kind of been like, okay, of the guys that are left out there, you know, these are the guys that I would be most interested in. Lorenzen's a guy who... I mean, once I saw him start out in Los Angeles, I'm like, "Well, this guy's—he didn't pitch a ton of innings because he was like kind of like a quasi, you know, two-way player when he was with Cincinnati, um, and doesn't have a lot. It's actually a, a kind of a Ben Charrington type of pickup—is you know, getting guys that don't have you know a ton of innings on their arms over the past few years. And for him, it could be Lorenzen's looking for multi years, looking for that option. Um,
0: but I give him multi year. I give I him would three too. Years. I, I would. You you have plenty of room in your rotation and on your forty man roster for starting pitchers, and I would give the guy. I would. I, you need to sign a guy for multi years on this team.
1: You do. I mean, I'd even get. Yeah, I'd even give him like. Uh, I don't even know, but give him like two years and like a mutual option or something for that third year. I mean, who knows? Give like him three. Like that give or...
0: him three. Just get it done. Give him three. I mean, like like seriously, like I. You need some stability on this team. There's not enough. There's not enough stability. There's there's the guys that you have all kinds of control of because they're young, and then you got a bunch of guys on one year, two year deals. Like you, you want you start if you're gonna establish a culture, get some stability. If you believe in the guy, go sign him. You know, That's
1: funny, signing that higher.
0: Well, I'm just saying this: if you don't go out and make the deal for three years, you end up with Yasmani Grandel. That's why. I see the changes in this town They
1: change, they say One thing within the next day